light the beam. Light the beam. Those are the chants you hear at the end of every victory for the Kings, mainly on their home floor. Uh, but for some that might not know, the Kings implemented this, uh, this beautiful purple-colored beam that lights up the sky after every win. And the button is pressed from inside the arena. It's an awesome concept that at first, uh, people on social media were having fun with that idea, right? Claiming that the button would get dusty or that the button would never be pressed, etc. Because, you know, everyone's always expecting the Kings to just be terrible. Um, But the joke's on them this season because these Kings are a solid young team, fifth in the West with a 13-9 record, 7-3 out of their last 10 games, and on a three-game win streak as of today, right? So 16th in defensive rating and climbing, 9th in offensive rating. So nearly top half in defense and a top 10 offense, right? So very impressive to see. And I did say that these Kings looked like a team that was going to win more games than whatever the over was on Vegas Insider, right? When I did that betting pod for the Western Conference uh, over-unders a while back. But this is a team that's growing. They show effort. They're well-coached. De'Aaron Fox is showing everyone that he's improved as a shooter. For a career, he's shot like Below league average, I'm looking at 32.4%. But this season, he's shooting above league average at 37.7% from three, right? Which is his career best for Fox. Um, So unlocking the league average three-point percentage shooting, it makes Fox the maximum threat he can be against opposing teams, right? Because at this point, you can't really leave him open like you used to, right? So he's proving he can knock down shots which causes the defense to now respect his shot, right? Which then unlocks his ability to play the game everyone knows he's best at, which is attacking the rim, finding teammates, finding open shooters, or just finishing at the rim, right? Uh, So you love to see it. And this is exactly what De'Aaron Fox was talking about on Draymond Green's podcast not too long ago this year, um, talking about the jump shot being his focus for improving, right? And when I heard that, I was like, Good. You know, that that's something that I wanted to hear out of him. I wanted him to be honest about it because that's the biggest knock on De'Aaron Fox is he just can't shoot, right? Like, just really struggled to shoot the ball. Um, in fact, if you're interested, uh, because I love sharing what I watch uh, with, a, with other basketball fans, I dropped that interview in these show notes for this episode uh, for anyone that wants to check out more of a behind-the-scenes version of De'Aaron Fox. Um, he keeps it real on the pod. It's just a good interview overall. Right, they talk about the draft. They talk about how long the Kings have been awful, and a lot of other stuff. Right, it's it's a 26-ish minute interview from what I have here on this link, uh, so it's not a long watch at all. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. You know, a team that hasn't been to the playoffs in forever. Um, this is new energy. You can feel the the culture shifting. Uh, for the Sacramento Kings, at least this season, right? It's it's it steps in the right direction, and it was what looked to be at the beginning. You know, when they made that trade for Sabonis, um, you know, everyone was really like, "Wow!" You know, they they gave up uh, a future star, right, in Tyrese Halliburton, right? But you know. Obviously, the moves were for win now. So you get an older player in Demonis Sabonis. You know, you're bringing Kevin Herter. You're bringing uh, win now players in a sense, right? And because the Sacramento Kings were talking about a playoff mandate, right? Like they're they're dead set on making the playoffs this season. 
right? So, um, you know, and, and people clown the move, right? Everyone likes Tyrese Halliburton, right? Everyone likes Demonis Sabonis, right? Nothing against him as a player, but there, everyone was kind of thinking, and when I say everyone, I mean the majority of people, not literally everyone. Um, but, you know, there's pros and cons to, to that trade, right? Because obviously... A lot of people, including myself, thought, wow, they gave up Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, this is a team that's not really going anywhere. So why would they get rid of a piece with the mentality of win now when this team isn't going to win anything anyways? Um, but clearly they're shifting into a winning culture. And this season is proving that to be true. Not winning a championship type of culture yet. Um, but this team is taking baby steps in the right direction and they're looking solid. Right. Uh, but I do want to talk about uh, the main piece about this pod. I wanted to show a little bit of love to Sacramento, to the Sacramento Kings fan base, um, you know, because they definitely deserve it. Um, and especially when you hear every season when the Kings are awful, you always hear, oh, you know, they got to move the team. They got to sell that team, whatever it is. But the fans there are loud. The fans love their basketball. Um, the Sacramento Kings are, are, are a historical franchise part of the NBA. You know, obviously not not a very successful franchise, but, you know, it's had good players. It's had good moments. Um, they've just sucked for a long time. So, um, yeah, the last part I want to talk about here is something I found interesting. Um, four teams right now are eight and two in their last 10 games, right? The Suns, which probably not that surprising. The Pelicans, which is awesome to see. The Celtics, which pretty obvious. But this fourth team, this fourth team, eight and two in their last 10 games, the Lakers, right? Anthony Davis's historical numbers so far, and this part is not to be like, wow, you know, AD has been amazing, anything crazy like that, right? Because the Lakers don't make the big trade that they did for Anthony Davis if this wasn't within his capabilities, right? So this is an era of basketball where everyone in the world expects Anthony Davis to put up numbers like he's been putting up recently, Right, going up against smaller bigs, very few true centers these days that you face, and even when you do, they aren't able to stop a peak Anthony Davis. He's that great of a talent, you know. So it's not about whether or not AD can be the number one option. We know he literally possesses everything to be that guy. And you all know where I'm going with this now. It's always been about health, literally nothing else. Besides not falling in love with jumpers, you know, but other than that, the only question is health with Anthony Davis. So there's no doubt in my mind that when the Lakers made these bad moves for mediocre players, they kept in mind that Anthony Davis and LeBron are such great players that anything they put out there is going to work regardless because those guys are so good, right? In other words, I really believe that Rob Palenka and whoever else was in charge of putting this team together had this thought in the back of their mind. No matter who they put out there, LeBron and AD are going to make it work, right? And I've been super duper down on these Lakers for a while, right? And while I'm starting to see promising things and some changes, I have something I do want to bring back up. And I know I might sound like a hypocrite because I was a firm believer in keeping the picks, right? Keeping those 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 picks that the Lakers are, are constantly hearing about that they have to trade. Um... Anyways, uh, you know, especially if Anthony Davis was going to continue to be in and out of lineups, 
right, with that same potential issue and with LeBron and the team starting off horribly, right? Um, but, you know, this version of Anthony Davis makes the idea of trading the picks more favorable, right? It makes it more realistic because with this level of Anthony Davis, along with what LeBron is already doing, you just need probably like two more solid guys in this particular scenario. And it would change how I feel about this team in terms of contending, right? And I would definitely give up the two picks with Russ to make it happen. But that's in the universe where we're seeing this exact dominant and healthy Anthony Davis. Now, when I put on my fake GM hat on and ask myself these crucial, these crucial questions... That might make me sound like a hater, but these are the questions that as a longtime Laker fan and just being a true non-biased fan of the NBA in general, these questions are super fair for me to ask. So these are the questions. Can we really rely on Anthony Davis being consistent night in and night out? Right, because we see that we've seen these numbers, right? We've seen crazy numbers by Anthony Davis from time to time, right? And then sometimes he'll 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 slip away, right? Like he'll he'll kind of fade away, right? Like he kind of in and out, right? Like like sometimes just really inconsistent, right? So so that's the first question: Can we rely on AD being this consistent night in and night out? The next question: Can he actually? And this is the question that we hear every day, and we hear it in our sleep at this point, right? Can he actually stay healthy? Right. Will we and another question, will we see AD not being complacent when he is out there at times? Right. Because he's dominating right now. We're seeing Shaq numbers, Kobe numbers. You're starting to see the statistics. They compare them to historical Laker players. He's having an amazing run. And it's not a surprise to me, and it's not a surprise to anyone that knows how good Anthony Davis is. Right. We know the talent is there. That's never been a question. So him playing like this doesn't surprise me. It shouldn't surprise anyone, you know? I mean, it's pretty standard to me. This guy, there's a reason the Lakers gave up what they did to get him, you know? Because he's this dominant. Like, he should be doing this all the time, you know? If AD is this dominant, okay, um... And the Lakers lose games or get eliminated in the playoffs. At that point, it is what it is, right? Because we're getting what we traded for in terms of his individual performances, right? But being injured often or just being meh, you know, at times, that's never going to cut it. So what he's doing right now, it all it does is it puts the ball in Rob Palinka's court, right? To make a decision because it's no longer on AD. Like, okay, he's doing his job. You know, so he's putting the ball in Rob Palinka's court to make a decision, right? AD's dominating right now, and I hate to bring this idea into it because I sound crazy to some people with what I'm about to say. This is probably the highest Anthony Davis's value will ever be, right? Unless the Lakers pretty much win the title or come close to it while he's doing this, right? While he's doing his thing. So for Rob Palinka, there's a bunch of paths to take, right? Uh, path one, and these aren't like, the order doesn't matter, I'm just listing them out, so path one, keep the picks, hold on to Westbrook, who's been way better, right, looking more like himself, he's been really good, the role fits him, he's been much better, right, so keep the picks, hold on to Russ, and run with what you got, right, that's path number one, or also, you know, instead of trading Russ, 
you package some other players with the picks or, you know, whatever mix match from that bucket, right? The next path, right? Trade the picks and Russ, right? To help bring in more guys to the roster to shake it up and make a run, right? That was like the, the main path that most people all over the place are asking for, right? Now, the other path, and there's probably a bunch of other paths that I can't even think of because I'm not a front office guy. I'm not a GM. I can't really think of that many other ones. Um, but yeah, this one is another one that's an extreme one. Um, and it's not me saying this is what has to be done, but I'm just, I'm just putting this out there because this is a realistic path that the Lakers could take, you know, out of nowhere. You never know what direction this team can take. So, uh, this last one, trade Anthony Davis while he's hot and bring in whatever it is teams are willing to part with, right? To get him, right? So many questions, many paths, so little time for the Lakers as a franchise, right? And just, you know, it, while I do like to see them winning and, you know, the life is back, you know, you can see it when you're watching these games, there's a different energy, there's a focus level now, you know, there are some hiccups like any team, right? But they definitely look a little more connected. It seems like guys know what is expected, what the game plan is. It looks much better. But does this look like a contender to me? It's hard to tell because I feel like my projection of this team was based on Anthony Davis dominating, right? Like I was telling a bunch of people this is Anthony Davis's season to go on a tear. He's heard the noise. People talking about how he's never healthy. He's never in lineups like him, like me, right? And that he's going to have a pop-off season. And that's what's going to kick and, 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 and kind of propel these Lakers uh, to get a solid seed and make the playoffs and maybe make a run, right? But I still thought the team was bad, right? The team wouldn't be good enough to win a title. So I'm not running away from that take. But I am saying... I mean, this dude AD is putting up crazy numbers right now. Shaq numbers, like I said, Kobe numbers. You you read the stats, you're, you're seeing the news and all, all the comparison stats. Um, so, you know, if this is the AD you're getting, who, what team has an answer for this dominant peak level K, uh, uh, Anthony Davis? Who, right? It's a, I mean, even if, the, even if the Lakers can't shoot, if Anthony Davis is down low, there's not a lot of, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you know Joel Embiid can 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 maybe do so because he's obviously a def a really strong defensive player too, um, but not a lot of guys out there that can do anything about Anthony Davis these days, you know. So that's going to be interesting to continue to see, um, you know, what happens with the Lakers. Uh, you know, the, the December 15th, I think is the date, uh, where we could start to see some, some, some rumors start to pick up and trades, you know, so who knows what's going to happen, but I highly doubt that these Lakers are going to stay put with this exact lineup. I think that the picks are in play more than ever before because of what we're seeing from AD, because of what we're seeing from Russ, because of what we're seeing from the team in terms of, uh, win loss, right? They're, they're on a, they're on a nice little run. Hopefully it doesn't get to their head and they get complacent and then they start to, to, you know, not play with energy and forget what got them here, right? Like that's something that as a Laker fan, I hope is in their head, right? Don't forget how the season started. Don't forget how badly you guys sucked, right? And keep it rolling, right? Play as if you never want to go back to how you started the season because that was dumpster fire, 
level basketball, right? It was awful to watch them play like that. Now, I don't want to feel I don't want to tell you I'm like jumping back on the bandwagon or anything. My expectations are the same. You know, my concerns are the same. If Anthony Davis gets hurt, we're back to square one. Right, we're back to square one because LeBron's not going to carry these guys without Anthony Davis, um, you know. And we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, I hope you guys also enjoyed the video that was on YouTube. If you haven't watched it, um, the link to that YouTube video is on the last episode, which was the Kevin Durant appreciation post. It was like a five-minute pod, but it's mainly a video. Uh, that's on the YouTube channel, which I always link on the show notes on every episode anyways. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for this one. Like I said, this is the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always, and I'll catch you guys on the next one. <laughs>